0: Speak to you, we did not get here by ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, We did not get here by ourselves. And my subtitle is Courage to Cross Over. Reading from the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, chapter 1. Someone say, Joshua, Joshua. chapter 1, verse 2. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people. Someone say cross over to the land which I am giving to you. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. Someone say he will not leave us nor forsake us he says be strong and of good courage someone say be strong and of good courage for i will give you this land and then verse 9 which i chose as my anchor message and so many people i just happened to i don't even think about things i just threw it on the internet last night on social media So many people bombarded me this morning. You chose the scripture today, you know. So the Bible app, scripture today. But isn't God good? Those little God winks. In verse 9, have I not commanded you? God said to Joshua, and he says to us, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God, someone say, the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the anointing in this room. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. Leave out what needs to be left out. Bring in what needs to be brought in. Whisper into my brother and sister's ears even that which I do not say. Speak to us and lead us. Let us be encouraged as a church, as individuals, as families. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Joshua and Israel found themselves at a strategic place. Moses had been taken up. And they had watched God deal with Moses, but here was Joshua. I don't know if you've ever been asked to step into someone else's shoes, but it's intimidating. Um, It'd be like me having to preach behind Bishop Jake's. God help me that that never happens. Can I get an amen? But at any rate, um, I'm sure that Joshua must have felt inadequate, insecure, worried and troubled to succeed someone like Moses, who was called the very friend of God, the prophet of God. He was the man of God. Moses was the man who withstood Pharaoh and brought Egypt to its knees. The man who parted the Red Sea. The man who brought manna from heaven. The man who brought water from the rock. The man who received the law of God's stone. The man who spoke to God face to face. The man who saw the glory of God. And my personal favorite, he led the children of Israel through 40 years of the wilderness. Someone say, oh me, oh my. That would be a task. And I'm sure when Joshua stood At the brink of what had been to what will be, he felt he needed courage to cross over. He needed an extra dose of confidence. You know, the Lord is mindful when we need a little extra help. The Lord is mindful when we need an extra word. Confidence is simply a feeling of trust, reliance, faith, and certainty in someone or something. Here's the interesting thing. Joshua's original name was Hosea which meant salvation, but Moses changed his name to Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. You see, you see the emphasis. It was not on Joshua is salvation but it was on the Lord is salvation, that the Lord is the source of victory. I love how Scripture exhorts us into confident living. Proverbs 3 and 26, For the Lord will be your confidence, and he will keep your foot from being snared. Jeremiah 17, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on his own flesh and his own strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord but blessed someone say blessed is the man who trusts in the lord whose confidence is in him someone say is in him philippians 1 and 6 being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion hebrews 10 and 35 the apostle paul the great new testament warrior that pastor hank and i love his words so many times said being confident of this He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So do not throw away your confidence. Someone give Jesus a hand this morning. Do not throw away a new assignment was here, a new place that they had never been. And here they are. Fear may not have been in Joshua's vocabulary, but I've danced with fear. Anybody with me? But obviously God could see it in Joshua's eyes and read it on his heart. The kind of fear you experience when you're facing a task that seems beyond your ability. We've all been there. An assignment where there's a church, it seems beyond our ability. But God gives a command because God knows one command from Him makes all the difference. When God commands, He gives the power to fulfill the task. Someone say, when God commands, He gives the power to fulfill the task. Here's the deal, the promise to each of you in this room, so I will be with you. When walking on the water would be a reprieve from you instead of the mundane task and clocking in tomorrow morning. Can I get an amen? God says, so I will be with you. When discovering unknown lands and going to the land of Argentina would be a welcome assignment, but paying the monthly bills makes you want to give up. Come on, somebody. The Lord says, so I will be with you. When building an orphanage in a third world country would be a dream fulfilled compared to just living day in, day out at times without seeing a break in the day. God says to you, so I will be with you. Be strong and be courageous, says the Lord, because I will be with you. Can you give him a hand clap of praise this morning? So he said, I will be with you, Joshua, as I was with Moses. I will be with you. How was God with Moses? Where could Joshua find his security? Where could he anchor his trust? Well, God kept Moses in providential care, meaning Moses didn't go until it was his time. In fact, when he was born, you know, they put him in a basket and sent him out on the Nile. And he was out there. If you never heard about the Nile, it is not a pretty little stream. It is teeming with alligators, teeming with creatures, Leviathan, you name it. And that mama put that baby in a basket. That was God's care. Someone say God's care. I'm going to tell you something this morning. God put you in a basket. God puts you in a basket called salvation. When you received Jesus Christ, hell lost and heaven won. When you received Jesus Christ, that was a basket where God said, this world may seem like a Nile sometimes. And there may feel like alligators and crocodiles and teeming with creatures that are out for you. But God said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Isaiah 43, fear not. For I have redeemed you, says the Lord. Someone praise him this morning. He was with Moses with limitless sufficiency. I love limitless sufficiency, don't you? Because I come up to my limits all the time. Are you with me? Limit in your pocketbook, limit in this, limit in that. Never enough carrot cake to go around. Come on, somebody. But limitless sufficiency. Look at your neighbor and say limitless. I love this on Mount Sinai. When Moses is before God and when he's been called into ministry, God is saying to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I'll tie this into our church in a moment. And he told Moses, Moses says, who should I say send me? Who, they won't believe me. I've been on the backside of a desert. Sometimes we feel like that people won't see the redeeming work of Christ in us. Sometimes those, my brothers and sisters in recovery, we feel like our parents will never see it. Sometimes we feel like our school teachers will never see it. Don't you love when you run to a school teacher and they said, I never had hope you'd make it. Come on, somebody. I mean, I just knew you was not going to be the one that made it. I mean, when they stop me, they are like, Honey, honey, God has done a miracle with you. I'm just like, Yes, ma'am, Ms. Johnson. It was the Lord. It was only the Lord, you know. I love it. When old boyfriends see you, We'll just leave that alone. Um, our people, the mean girls in high school, and then they have to sit while you preach to them. Come on, somebody. woo It's happened to me. I've had to prophesy to the mean girls. And then they become my friends. But God says, I am that I am. Because Moses is like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to see that you're with me. I want to tell you, God, we've said this so many times in this pulpit, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. When God calls you, He's inherent in that calling to be who you're to be in the marketplace, in your family, the schoolroom, the boardroom, wherever you are, the hospital. He says, your credentials you'll carry, they're from me. I am with you. So he told Moses, I am. So God was saying to Joshua, I am and I love that God's name is I am, because that means my name is I am not. Come on, somebody. And I don't have to be, and neither do you. Look at your neighbor and say, your name is? You are not, but he is. And it is his power and his strength. You know, today I want to say for every cry he was saying to Joshua, and he's saying to you and I, there is one answer. I need help, we say. He says, I am that I am. I need hope he says I am that I am who could possibly be smart enough to figure it out he says I am that I am what works he says I am that I am what last I am that I am what is the latest thing he says I am that I am God I need a fresh start and he says I am that I am God my vision is bigger than my resources he says don't you worry I am that I am come on somebody You say, nothing's real anymore. My heart is broken. I don't know who's on my team. I don't know who to listen to. He says, that's all right, sons and daughters. I am that I am is my name, and it shall be my name throughout all generations. Somebody praise him this morning. I'm tired this morning. He says, that's okay. I am that I am. I don't understand. He says, that's okay. I am that I am i want to quit he says i am that i am so god says to joshua and he says to us I am. He told him in the verse that I read, I will never leave you. I want to say to you this morning, the Lord is not going to leave you. He is not going to leave your your family. God is a guiding presence. He was to Moses, he was to Joshua, and he will be to you. For in Exodus 33 and 14, the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. I will give you rest and everything will be fine for you. Look at your name and say, everything will be fine for you joshua 3 and 4 it said that you may know the way that you should go for you've never passed this way before we've never been here as a church before but the Lord says I am going before you his presence is a protective presence even when I walk through the darkest valley I'm gonna tell you faith is real God is real the presence of the Lord is real it lifted you up out of a pit Psalms 40 and put your feet on a rock and many shall see and shall fear the Lord Jesus is seen in the fire the Lord Jesus is seen in the trial And people said, I know there has to be a God because he couldn't walk through that and come to the other side. She couldn't walk through that and come to the other side. She couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand unless there is a God in the universe who picks us up. Somebody give him a praise. Even when I walk through the darkest valley. I will not be afraid for you are close to me. His presence is a joyful presence. We've laughed several times Wednesday night about the scene from Steel Magnolias. How many have never seen Steel Magnolias? Okay, where he says hit her, hit her to Sally Field. Hit her in the face, Ursula or Ursula, or whatever her name is. Because they're all mad over a death, you know. And a little sweet Dolly Parton steps up and says, Laughter through tears, one of my favorite emotions. And you know what? There's a joy that comes from the Lord in the worst of times. Because Psalm 16 and 11, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Somebody praise Him. That's the pleasure. Pastor Hank Davis has the joy. The eagle has landed, and he is living and thriving. In my opinion, I might not get time to say this at the home going, though my girls and I will be speaking as well. I don't know who he got in the doom buggy first, Angel or Matt Willits, his dad, but I said, heaven help them all. As they begin to hoot and holler after he saw Jesus and he rejoiced and he came back to the age of 30, he loved 30, let me just say brown hair, tan skin. I just imagined he was racing to Paul. So Paul, because Pastor Billy Burke said, you know, Hank didn't tell me anything about himself. He just wanted to preach his sermons to me and tell me about you and the girls. I know that today he has made it. It is now our goal to make it too. It is our goal to make it too. To where the Lord Jesus is. That confirming presence. That comforting presence. John 14. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you says the Lord. Soon the world no longer will see me. Christ said. But you will see me because I will live with you. Someone say thank you Jesus. Moses. God said to Moses in Deuteronomy 1 and 31. You saw how the Lord your God carried you. As a father carries his son. All the way you went until you reached this place. Moses reminds the people God didn't bring them out of their bondage and their sin and their Egypt to leave them in the wilderness, but to take them in to the land. Someone say in In. to the land. But look at this moment. Look at this moment that God paints a picture of a parent carrying a small Child, through a troubled place. I want to tell you this morning that God our Father is carrying my daughters and I in moments we don't even know it, but He's carrying you through this wilderness. When we feel alone, it is God who said, I will carry you until you reach the next place. You know what? You may not can walk there. You may not can crawl there. There's been times in my life I had to crawl on my belly to the next place. But the Lord says, when you feel too weak, like I did, for Israel. I picked up one million people like a daddy picks up a little child and I carried them through the wilderness. When you can't, he can. When you can't, he can. When you can't, he can. He is all good, all comforting, and he is mighty. Someone give him praise this morning. And he did not bring you here to leave you. He is going to finish it. You didn't come this far to only come this far. One thing I've said to my Daughters several times your daddy often said and you heard him you've been with him a long time My first goal is when I stand before Jesus when we all stand there because we we're all headed there There's only one place out of planet earth. I know you know that Either by rapture or by death And we're going to all stand before him And he said my goal is that my wife would be at my right hand And my daughters would be at my left hand And that I would see they make it and then that everyone that I ever pastored would make it to see Jesus. You know, we've not come this far to only come this far. We've come this far to say, Lord Jesus, I'm gonna carry out your mission on this earth because, someone say because, he also said in the verse I read, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Um, I don't know that you know this, um, but I've, I've talked about how God was Moses, and I'm going to kind of segue a couple of times here how God was with the spiritual father of this house. We talked about this Wednesday night. When he felt like the Lord was uh, calling him to Cleveland, he, someone told him about this land up here. Now, I wasn't for Cleveland. I would have gone to uh, Saskatchewan instead of Cleveland. Come on. Cambodia sounds like a better idea. <laughs> Vietnam, um, Iceland, Argentina, anywhere but Cleveland. Because I had grown up here and knew that there was religious forces in this city that were intense. And I thought, wouldn't we be happier among the Creek Indians in Oklahoma? But um, God spoke to him, and then God spoke to me. And um, he had such a vision. Someone say vision. The father of this house had vision, and we have got to open our eyes to see the vision for this day. It may not come to you today. It may not come tomorrow. It's coming to me piece by piece. Good days, bad days, ever. He had vision. And so I was resisting him on this property, resisting him on this city. And he had such grit. He was such a hard worker. He kept just using his faith that this property... Now, y'all don't know this. You probably heard him say this. And Keith and some of y'all Clevelanders remember, but there was nothing out here but a bunch of cattle. And when you you would... I would take Courtney when she wouldn't go to sleep. I'd leave my mama's house over there near Cracker Barrel. And we would drive down the road. And when she passed Cleveland State, it was nothing but cows. And I I had no idea we were coming here. I'd drive just to get her to go to sleep. Any mama just wave a hand, you know what I'm talking about. Just to get her to sleep, I'd just drive, and then I'd drive. This is curious out here, all these beautiful cows, and see all that thing. But he had such a vision. And so I was at North Cleveland, because he was off evangelizing. I had little Courtney in my lap in the um, extra room, and a young man got up and sang. He sang an old song um go dip in the jordan naaman i know the, the water is dirty but go dip in it seven times i know it sounds crazy naaman have you ever been in one of those circles you feel like someone just put the spotlight on you and i thought this whole church is looking at me they know he's singing this to me because inside i was just about to burst and the lord said i've called you naaman i know to this naaman you think this water is dirty i love cleveland cleveland's my home now but i was just scared i was a young evangelist wife and I came up here, opened the doors on this property over here. Uh, Courtney was asleep and I got out and I worshiped and I had a vision of Christ. I've only had two literal visions in my life of Him. One when I went through my inner healing to my restoration of Pastor Hank and the second, which is where Pastor Hank always brings me, is vision about this property. I got out on that dirt and I cried and I said, Lord Jesus, I have resisted you too long. I have resisted my husband. If you are calling us to Cleveland and down on this dirt as I sat in that dirt, I began to worship and cry. I began to hear this song that was an Israeli song that we used to sing back in that day. Not here, because the church wasn't here. In Him we live and move and have our being. And I began to hear thousands of people around me singing that song. And then I saw the Lord Jesus. And when He looked down upon me, He reached out and He grabbed the hurting in from every section. And He kept doing this. And then He looked at me and He said, I've called you not here for the healthy. I've called you for the sick. I've called you for the spotted, the speckled, and I'm going to draw the attic. I don't even know what an attic was back in that day hardly. I'm going to draw, and he named so many other things, the hurting and the sparing, and they're going to come, and they're going to be healed. That is vision. Someone give Jesus praise. And then typical Pastor Hank style, we are in Hawaii. And we almost lost this property. There was someone trying to outbid us, and they kept outbidding us, and they kept outbidding us. Pastor Hank had his golf clubs. He was going to go play golf. We were in Hilo, Hawaii preaching and honeymooning just one more time and back then and uh, he said to me well there's somebody outbidding the property I said oh he said yeah I'm going golfing he said but you better get in your prayer closet (laughs) he said I know you're gonna do that in a minute because he knew me after I leave you're gonna get in your prayer closet before we go to the beach and lay out and go see a movie and dinner and all those fun things there's time for everything can I get an amen But you get in there and you better war. And our friends and elders laughed for years about that because I got in that prayer closet and I warred over this property. It is vision that we are here. It is vision. And I want to say to you God has given us the land, God has given us the future, but you have a part to play in it. Every time someone that felt afraid in scripture when they knew God was calling them, come through something they felt afraid until they said yes to god and then god gave the power don't wait for the power to come don't wait till you feel confident or you feel powerful but say to the lord i know you want me to do my part in my job in my family in my church so lord i'm gonna do what moses did i'm gonna do what seems like a little thing when they came up against an uncrossable red sea Moses thought God had something really huge, you know. And God said, lift your rod. And Moses had to be thinking, don't we have any other idea here, really? We're in big trouble. But what God was saying is, you do the little thing, I'll do the big thing. You do the little thing, I'll do the big thing. You sow that thing for somebody. You bake a cake for someone. You use your talent in the kingdom. You use your gift. You use what God called you to do. Because when you do the little thing, when you forgive someone, when you say to someone, I just want to be Jesus with skin onto you, when you help the homeless, you help the hurting, you help the addict. I found one of our men that I told you, Pastor Hank, he didn't see me. He couldn't see, he was blocked. And he was just mowing the lawn, sobbing. I knew he'd gotten the report and he he was just sweating bullets and crying his eyes out. And when I, I shook him and I said, hey, 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 and he turned the mower off and he's just sobbing and he said, is it true? I said, it's true. He said, I'm just doing the last thing my spiritual father told me. The last thing he said to me was mow the lawn. I don't know what else to do, Pastor. I said, I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to walk in the calling that Pastor Hank gave his life for you to do. You're going to walk in the mercy to others. You're going to be Jesus with skin on. Somebody give Jesus praise. It's just lifting up that gift. What do you have in your hand? Remember to the disciples, he said, what do you have? Use it. What you can use a million excuses today. I can too for you not doing what God has called you to do. You can say, Hey, when I feel confident, when I get rid of this sin, when I get rid of this little secret problem, when I get when the answer comes, when I get my act together, I'm gonna be something for the kingdom. The Bible says, in our weakness, He is made strong. You will never get it all together. Come on, somebody you will never arrive at perfection but when we say i'm going to do the little thing jesus i need you to do the big thing come on somebody give him praise give him praise and whatever josh if you'll come whatever that looks like for you do it be it as i said to the wednesday night crowd pick up the mantle Pick up. This church will continue to do the work underneath our eldership that we are doing. We will pass over this transition, but we won't be able to do it without you. We won't be able to do it without your part, everyone in their place. Maybe you say, hey, I'm not willing. I'm not willing. Oh, I said that to the Lord many times in my life. Anybody with me? I wasn't willing to forgive my husband from the first marriage. I wasn't willing to give up anything to do what God wanted me to do, to be that. There was things I was holding so dear. But in the book of Philippians, it said, It is God who works in you to cause you to want to do, someone say want to do, the things that please him. The great intercessor Reese Howe, you know, one of my favorites. God said, Reese, will you go to Africa and be my intercessor? And God's not calling anybody to Africa. Just look at your neighbor and say, I'm feeling so much better about my life right now. i feeling so much better. He said, are you willing to go from your beautiful land of Scotland where the Scots are? Reese said, no. No. And he was a great intercessor. He prayed for us. He said, no. The Lord said, oh, okay. Okay, Reese, I hear you. Then the Lord said, Reese, are you willing to be made willing? Sometimes we're not willing, but we can say to the Lord, I will, I've said this many times, Lord, I'm willing to be made willing. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to forgive that person. I'm not willing to show kindness to that person. I'm not sure I'm willing to go on, whatever that looks like for you. But one thing I know, if you will help me, I'll be willing to be made willing. Can you lift your hand and say amen for that? maybe this morning, there's things in your life you don't feel like you are willing to be made willing. Hank Davis was willing to leave the most illustrious evangelistic work, one of the greatest in the world. Known thousands. If you wonder how my confidence, I had to live through watching him be admired by thousands while I stood at the back of the room like I was uh, uh, invisible. He never wanted that way, but they just would just push in on him. He had true grit and vision to let that go. And many times he told me, I know it's going to be worth it. Kind of like the scene from Saving Private Ryan. I will earn the grace of Jesus Christ. He had that kind of grit, the determination, that heart for souls. Uh, Keith Dudley, who's like our brother, called me the other night, and we were laughing stories that only the three of us know, just laughing till we were crying. And other things, I shall not mention children. Um, but we were just laughing. because They're all like, oh, she's truly not going to tell that story. But we, we, he was remembered when we built this church, Keith just ground and keith would be walking up here because he traveled all across the united states with us while we we're evangelists and then he would come and help us and uh he said i remember when y'all were building that church and these people would walk up looking like they just escaped from wherever and pastor hank would say man of god meet keith dudley keith dudley meet woman of god sonia Meet man of god tim sally Meet." and keith pulled him aside and said how do you know all these people are called men of god and woman of god And Pastor Hank said, because that's the way I see him. I see him as the whosoever will come and then be made such a blessing. That's our spiritual father. That's our Moses, if we can. And he had, I want to tell you this, a deep trust in God. In every part of this church's journey for 30 years, his trust in God sometimes, Mish, it aggravated me. It did. Because he was so non-controlling. How many women have a problem with control? Come on, lift your hand. He was so non-controlling. And I said, aren't you worried about this? Aren't you No. Nope. Rhonda, if it belongs to God, it belongs to God. We'll throw it up. That's what he used to say. What God wants, he keeps. What comes back is ours. Is that right? His trust was so deep in God. His calmness, we will miss. I know some people think I'm the calm one. He was the calm one. You'll probably hear that from my children. But he had such a deep trust that God was supreme. In your hurting and your pain, before I end with a victory note, know that he trusted God until he landed in the presence of God. You and I have got to trust him. That doesn't mean we understand him. As I said Wednesday night, someone pray, when we don't understand his hand, we trust his heart about God. I have To trust God's heart, my husband and I trusted each other. Lord, we had some arguments. We, 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 we the last argument we had was about a month ago, we got so mad at each other on who was going to do the family meal for my father in law, it was hysterical. But see, we've been together so long, we just fussed. And then I got really silent you know, that's the way you do it, just really quiet because I was the one driving. And, and he said later, Well, you drove like a bat out of hell, didn't you? And I said, Yes, I did. But if I told you what, a couple of people know his suggestion about who was going to do it. It was ridiculous. Let's just say he saw something in people that, there's no one in this room. But we trusted each other's heart. And then we get to laughing. You know, we heard something when we were young in marriage. If you're going to laugh about it later, laugh about it now. In the moment you can't, when the moments go on, you can find and then we got home we just laughed about it and then every, once in a while and I said and you said and then he would say back yeah and you said and then we'd laugh again but we trusted each other's heart when I failed him he trusted my heart when he did things I didn't understand I trusted his heart I'm not talking about any morally legal and things just things that we might have disagreed on whether it was politics news I saved him from CNN thank you lord just kidding um <laughs> Then I told him he couldn't walk Fox anymore. He goes, Rhonda, really? I can't track with you. Who are are we for? You know, um, but uh, we, we trust. And that's the way it is with the Lord. I don't understand the Lord's hand. I worshiped King Jesus as he took my husband because that's just who my husband taught me to be. He will not see a wuss. Oh, I might be balled up in the hallway. Don't you worry, brothers and sisters, crying till I can't breathe. There'll be many more days like that. I get it. It'll be a journey, but I know that I live for King Jesus and I know that my husband would want this church underneath our elders to go forward and do everything. You might be surprised at the acceleration of things that are about to happen. You might be shocked. I don't understand it, but I do trust God. So I want to take you in closing to encourage you about your life, about our church, but about your situation. In the book of Revelation 5, the Apostle John, and I'll end here, is having a vision into heaven. And he sees this scroll. This scroll represented the end of the matter. Someone say the end of the matter. Don't you love it? I mean, we used to love 24. How many Jack Bauer fans, you know? oh, Pastor Hank, I love 24. And we'd love it at the end when they'd say what was gonna come the next week. You know, that was before Netflix and binging, okay? You little young whippersnappers. But back in that day, we had to watch it live and we couldn't wait to see what the next thing was that was gonna come. All of us wanna know how is my life gonna work out? The single people wanna know who am I gonna marry? The older people wanna know how are my grandchildren gonna be? We wonder when we're gonna retire. EVERYONE IN THIS ROOM WONDERS, HOW IS THIS GOING TO HAPPEN, HOW IS THAT GOING, WHAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN TO AMERICA, WHAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN TO THE WORLD, what's, WHAT'S GOING ON HERE, WE'RE IN A SHAKING TIME AND WE ARE. AND YOU SEE, THIS SCROLL REPRESENTED THE END OF THE MATTER, IT REPRESENTED EVERYTHING THAT WAS TO BE. AND ALL OF A SUDDEN, A STRONG ANGEL, AS JOHN THE BELOVED IS WATCHING, HOLDS UP THE SCROLL, or POINTS TO THE THRONE WHERE GOD IS HOLDING THE SCROLL, GOD OUR FATHER. And he says in a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy? Meaning, who knows how this is going to end? Who knows what tomorrow will bring? How do I keep my faith? What's going to happen? And John said, no one. It's all like a light went on heaven and a light went on the earth. And it said, and under the earth. And no one, someone say no one. No one was found worthy to open the scroll. So John says, I, John, wept and wept because no one was found worthy to tell me. What's my life going to be like? How am I going to make it? What's going to happen next? And he's crying so deep, and he's just losing it. But one of the elders in heaven tapped him on the shoulder, lifted his face. That's what the Lord is doing this morning to you and I. He's tapping us on the shoulder and lifting your face to say, look at me. Look at me. And he said, Do not weep, John. Do not weep. And it said the elder pointed to the right hand of the throne and said, Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Behold, the root of David. Behold, the Lamb. And I, John, saw one like a lamb, looking like he had been slain, standing, and they said, He is worthy. And the Lamb came and took the scroll out of God's hand and opened it and fulfilled it there is. And all of heaven became unleashed and all of heaven lost it. And people started weeping and bowing and rejoicing. And they began to sing from every tribe and nation and tongue. Oh, to the Lamb of glory, you are worthy for you have redeemed us by your blood and every tribe and tongue and nation. And you have made us king. Worthy is the Lamb to receive power and honor and riches and glory. The Lamb knows how this ends. Somebody stand up and give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give Him praise. 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 To you, Jesus, the Lamb of glory. We look up. No one in here is worthy to figure how this is going to end up in our life, our city's life, our country's life, our family's life, our finances, whatever we each are facing. What is tomorrow going to look like? We don't know. But I feel you lifting up. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk up. The Lord lifted up my head. The Lord lifted up my eyes. We feel you doing that, King Jesus, and saying, look, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what this is going to look like. Your hearts are hurting. Your faith is rattled. But I am the King, the Lord of the universe, and I hold all power in my hand. Trust me. Trust me with your tomorrow, Lord, we hear you say. Trust me with today trust me with the future there is no other way this morning i want you to grab someone's hand you don't have to do it all the way across whatever you're comfortable with the people you came with i don't want you to do anything you're uncomfortable with in this light of us still passing through this pandemic but i want you to pray for that hand i want you to pray for a couple things that they would walk in their calling in their business in the marketplace in their family but also in this church that we together would cross this transition with great vision from our spiritual father with true grit that he had that he never passed up an opportunity to preach no matter the worst day of his life and for his eyes for the whosoever. I want you to just pray right now, if you will. Just go ahead and pray for that hand next to you. Come on. If you want to pray out loud or pray silently. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this hand Lord, I don't know where they are in this message that you've preached to us. But, Lord, whatever they need resolved, Lord, if their faith is shaken, Lord, I can't steady them, but you can. Lord, let them see that you hold the end of the matter. We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know about next week, but we know you are the king of glory. And all things begin and end with you. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for this hand that they will take their place in the marketplace. They will take their place in their job, in their family. That they will be Jesus with skin on where you've called them in corporations, in companies. And Lord, that you would use them greatly. That the mantle of our spiritual father who had great vision would come to us. And we would have the vision. Open our eyes to see like the eagle. Open our eyes to hear like the eagle. Open our eyes to see like the eagle. And let us, Jesus, fulfill it. Lord, some of us are saying, I'm not willing. I'm not willing. But Lord, you say, well, are you willing to be made willing? Will you just give me something to work with? Lord, do that. Let us have confidence that your presence is with us, that you are with us, that you are carrying us. We thank you for the next great harvest. I thank you for the people that have contacted me the last three days with huge blessings and, huge, and saying, there's more coming from this place. There's more coming from that place. Thank you, God. In the worst of times, you show yourself faithful. Lord, we thank you today that we will be strong and courageous for the Lord our God is with us. And we will not fail to do and be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Give him one more praise before you sit down just for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to King Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you so much for being here this morning. As I want to say one more time, um, in the weeks to come, some great men and women are coming in to share and and i will be preaching as well and people in the house um but we will will cross this over. So i do make a commitment to you that we will continue with excellence the creative team is already started talking in october well in just a couple more weeks we have the fall hayride night face painting and karaoke so get your songs ready people this is your moment um